Today on CityCast Salt Lake, on Friday afternoon, Utah passed a bill that bans transgender girls from participating in school sports teams that align with their gender. The bill, HB 11, has been haunting the state since early March when it was introduced in the final hours of the legislative session without a public comment period. It passed the Senate and then the House, but was vetoed by the governor when it reached his desk. We all thought this was the end, but last week, Utah Republicans brought the bill back and convened a special session to override the veto. So, as of today, HB 11 will go into effect on July 1st of this year. Throughout this process, we have heard a lot from legislators, lobbyists, and parents, but I don't think we've heard enough from students. Today, I'm talking about this new legislation and its impact with Kurt McLaughlin, the student body president at Judge Memorial Catholic High School, who is also the founder of the school's Allies Club. It's Monday, March 28, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Kurt, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I always get nervous when we talk with young people because I think you all are just so impressive and so much smarter. No, don't be nervous. I've You guys seem like very cool people. So, <laughs> Thank you. That, that compliment will take me a long way today. Will you tell me a little bit about your story? Yeah. So I go to Catholic high school. I go to Judge Memorial. At the end of seventh grade, I came out as transgender. Um, so I identify as male, but I wasn't born that way. And so I've had to do a lot of navigating um, with my Catholic school yeah, and my identity because the diocese doesn't believe gender identity can differ from biological sex. Hmm. So I've had to do a lot of navigation with my school and our administration with like bathrooms and locker rooms and such. Um, they've all, they've been pretty accommodating. So it's definitely been a journey since I was, you know, like a little middle schooler. Through my experience as a trans person, I wanted to make sure that like other people at my school felt safe and supportive. So I started the Allies Club at my school, which is our basically our queer straight alliance. Mm. And it's an acronym for accepting, loving, listening, including, educating and supporting. We've done a lot uh, to really improve my school and to talk about queer issues. We had our first national pronoun day. Uh, this year, which was really amazing because everyone, like teachers, students alike, were walking around with these pronoun pins, um, which was really awesome. So, And now you're the student body president. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm also the student body president. <laughs> I'm curious, as the student body president, because I think high school student body presidents really set a tone for the school. What is your goal for the vibe of Judge? Like what I would say, like your administration, like what are your goals for that? My my administration, um, <laughs> our school slogan is builders of a more just society. Mm. And I always felt that that statement had a little bit of like it didn't carry its weight fully at our school. And it kind of excluded um, those minority student populations like LGBTQ and, you know, our BSU and our Latinx club. Like we didn't have as much stake in this just society, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So I really wanted to orient my position to help progress the school to a more place of social justice. It's interesting because it seems like student involvement in school culture is an important way of building community. And um, 
I'm curious why you think that getting involved with your passion or your interests at school is such an important part of, of the high school experience. I fully believe that every student has the right to be involved in their school community. So I do a lot and I'm really involved in our community and those spaces is where I've really found like my friends and my family. Like student council was a monumental place where I felt so supportive. The theater community, even though I wasn't an actor. Getting involved in high school extracurriculars, the narrative around it is often like you do it because it makes your college application better or it qualifies you for scholarships or um, it's like a means to an end. What is your take on the value of extracurriculars like sports, clubs, theater, et cetera? I think like scholarships and winning should never be the reason why you're doing something. I think you should be doing an extracurricular because you're passionate about it um, or you want to try something new um, or you just think it's fun. I, it shouldn't be about winning. Yeah. And building, like, I feel like um, school extracurriculars were, as an only child, one of the first experiences in my life where I learned how to build really good relationships with strangers. Yeah. Um, just sure. by virtue of being on a team. I want to talk about this ban that the legislature has passed on allowing transgender student individuals to play on specifically girls teams. What's your what's your take on that? I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that this is just another chance for Republicans, for legislators to villainize and demonize the trans community. Um, and make us out to be something that we are not. It's just another chance for them to kind of fight this culture war um, without really taking note of the lives that they are affecting and the lives that are at stake. It's it's really dehumanizing to see this kind of legislation go forward because it just mm -hmm. puts up someone's entire identity up for debate. debate. Yeah, I think that's such an important point that a lot of people have made. And to be clear, like, I think in this conversation, we've heard from a lot of adults. We haven't heard from a lot of students about the impact that just having this debate has on them. And I'm curious what it's been like for you and your experience, just watching all of this unfold, because it, it feels like it's awful in the first place. It's made worse by the national sort of dome around it all. And then watching this particular bill go through three different phases of conversation in the media is really a lot. A lot of these sponsors are defending this bill because they want to preserve women's sports. Um, and when I heard that, I had to laugh because um, since when have these legislators cared about women's issues, let alone women's sports. I don't think they could name, you know, 10 women's sports players if they tried. Um, or I doubt they've even been to like a women's basketball game. Yeah. And this is something that we see even at Judge, you know, like we have um, Taya Sidberry on our women's basketball team, who, if you don't know, is number one in the state for women's basketball. And she broke both the men's and women's uh, basketball record this year and the fact that it took until this senior year she's been this good the whole time uh, it took till her senior year to like actually get some recognition 
it's an issue when we have these legislators preaching about fairness and equality for women when Utah is still ranked the worst for women's equality in the nation. This isn't doing them any favors by banning trans participation in sports. And, you know, it, it really is, you know, trans exclusionary radical feminist at its finest. I find it absolutely baffling that they're suddenly on this women's sports kick. They don't care about women's sports. There's so many other things that they could be focusing on. But and if they do want to choose to focus on women's sports, they could be putting all this money that is being, you know, taxpayer dollars that are being wasted to get this bill through. They could put that money into women's sports or women's programs or women's health care. I think you've made the whole point. <laughs> I actually had the chance to go to the legislator with my school because we were uh, being recognized for the blue, the blue ribbon uh, award the judge got. And it was honestly so uncomfortable to be in the, the, the floor, to be on the floor of the house and know that these representatives were recognizing us for our accomplishments, but at the same time plotting against people like me to make it harder for us to receive gender affirming health care. I was in a place filled with people that were so fundamentally against me existing it was extremely uncomfortable. It's sad to see your representatives literally bullying these kids. Like Governor Cox said, there are four students, four, who are, who are trans and participating in these sports, only one of which is participating in women's sports. I, I don't see how that's a threat to women's sports. I just see four kids who are scared and who, are, who feel alone and feel like they do not belong in their own state. Where do you think we go from here? What's your wisdom? I was watching the Katanji Brown-Jackson hearings this week, and she shared a story about her experience on Har in Harvard when she felt very, um, like she felt like she didn't belong. And she was walking down the sidewalk and another black woman was passing her and she leaned over and whispered, persevere. And that, watching that clip during all of this, during, yesterday I, I was when I watched it, and just hearing those words, persevere. That, that's what we need to do. We will persevere. History will prove these legislators wrong, that they are the wrong side of history. We just have to wait. And in the meantime, we just have to keep fighting and keep persevering. After this bill passed, Senate President Stuart Adams gave a comment that um, I thought was interesting. He said that he hopes the state will move forward from this conversation that it's not considerate or kind to keep bringing this issue up because it's divisive. And I would like to give you the opportunity to respond to that. I think this is just another example of old white cis men being uncomfortable with the existence of people that are different. You know, it doesn't matter if this decision or if this, this issue, if we can call it an issue, is decisive or polarizing. At the end of the day, these people exist and this isn't something that we can change. I think something that frustrates me so much about this conversation um, around these bills is that it's an excuse for representatives to emphasize that gender identity and sexual orientation are a choice or a lifestyle, but they're not. They're not a choice. And this is who we are. Being trans is who I am. I can't change that about myself. 
nor would I want to change that about myself because it, it is a fundamental part of who I am. And saying that someone's identity, that their existence is decisive, is flat out disgustingly hurtful. As long as there are queer people and trans people, we will continue to have these conversations. They're not just something that we can sweep under the rug um, because we will continue to fight for the right to exist and to be recognized and acknowledged. Do you consider yourself an activist? I, I would like to be an activist when I grow up, if that... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think the work that I've done at my school has made an impact and I've, I really hope that it's created a more social justice oriented environment where people can start to pursue activism. Um, I want to, you know, work with the Human Rights Campaign and the Center for American Progress. So I'd like to say that I'm a budding activist. It's interesting, I think, the conversation around the choice to be an activist, right? I'd be curious if you feel like activism is something you chose or if activism just chose you. Yeah. Um, my English teacher has a quote like a, on a little sticker on their door that says, respect existence or expect resistance. And I think that pretty much summarizes my calling, if you will, towards activism. Um, it's really something that I was kind of thrust into because being trans is so fundamental to who I am. It would almost be a dishonor to the LGBTQ community if I didn't stand up for my rights and our rights as queer people. Um, I think I have a responsibility to do that whenever possible. My last question for you is for anyone who is absolutely enraged by this bill and wants to be a part of supporting the trans community in Salt Lake and making it a safer place for trans young people. What advice do you have? Any suggestions? Yeah. Um, we have a lot of amazing organizations here in Utah, uh, Equality Utah, the Utah Pride Center, and Circle um, are just three examples of some really amazing LGBTQ organizations that work with LGBTQ youth in particular. I would get involved with those organizations, reach out, see if you can volunteer um, with any of their programs but also just having conversations with the people in your life about these issues, um, because each conversation is a moment for education. You know, you never really know the what the people in your circle stand on certain issues, and having these conversations can just open them up to new ideas, and that's a start to changing minds. Kurt, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Good luck with college applications. Thank you. <laughs> HB 11 news before we go. When the Utah legislature voted to pass HB 11, they did it with full recognition that the ban opens the state and its schools up to lawsuits claiming that the legislation is unconstitutional, among other things. And the legislature made a plan for that. They passed a bill that indemnifies schools and school districts if they're sued over the ban and also sets aside $500,000 in taxpayer money from the state's general fund to cover the cost of lawsuits. And if the bill is overruled by a Utah court, 
then a transgender student will be individually evaluated by a commission of political appointees who get to say whether or not the student can play. The governor, Senate president, and Speaker of the House will each appoint members. And the Salt Lake Tribune reports the commission will consist of a mental health professional, a statistician, a physician, a sports psychologist, one representative of an athletic association, a college athletic trainer, and an ad hoc member who serves on a case-by-case basis. I want to be clear that the passage of this bill is a crisis. And that means that if you or a friend are in need of crisis care, there are organizations in this community whose job is to support you. A good place to start is the Utah Trauma Resiliency Collaborative, which you can find at trcutah.org. They've collected a host of resources for kids and adults, including a guide to gender-affirming therapists, a transgender healthcare guide, and so much more. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.